Very good. Oaks Church, how you feeling this morning? Awesome, awesome. We're so glad that you are here. Uh, again, Pastor Jolson's his love. He is in Idaho in terrible 77 degree weather with beautiful views of the mountains and the lakes. And they're having a great time. They did man camp. Uh, so they are just through the roof, and Pastor Joel's preaching uh, at the main campus today, so you know he's going to tear that up. He talked to me last night, and he's preaching on the power of the Holy Spirit, and just believing that people are going to be filled, and the church is just on fire and ready to go. Uh, but uh, with that said, I have three of my favorite people on the planet uh, here with us today at Oaks Church. You may not have known that, but you've just been elevated in my list, uh, but we're so glad you're here. Will you give Latoya, will you give April and Wayne just a big hand of honor. They're going to help me out this morning. It's going to be a great day. Uh, something different that we're doing today. Uh, you guys are blessed, man. I mean, you get to hear great preaching, great messages from uh, ministers all over the nation, uh, even right here within the house. And how many know that Pastor Joel is still my favorite preacher? So how many love listening to him every week? And uh, we get, you go ahead, give it up for your pastor. He's awesome. We love him. Uh, we may do this from time to time, uh, but we wanted you to hear from some of your friends, from some of uh, the members here at Oaks, and what God's doing in their heart, and what God's doing in their faith, and wanted to let them share that with you. And uh, you guys have just been amazing, uh, been so faithful to build, really from the beginning, uh, what Oaks Church is all about. And today we're talking about making first things first, first things first, which how many know that's easier said than done. A lot of times we have priorities, we have goals, but making first things first come to reality takes a lot of work. And so we're gonna be talking today about your time, about your treasure, and about your talents, or your time and even your tithing in your talents, and what that really means to the house of God, and what that means to your life, and how God expresses that. And here's the thing, from the very beginning, Jesus, when he picked his disciples, he picked them and asked them to give away their time. He just said, hey, follow me. Give up everything that you know and follow me. And then throughout scripture, through um, parables and through miracles that Jesus performed, he showed them that their treasure is important and where their treasure is, so is their heart. And then the third thing that took place through the power of the Holy Spirit is the disciples realized they had talent, that they had a calling, that they had a purpose. And that when God put that together, God began to build the beginning of the early church and he's still building this church and now it's through us and that we have a purpose and that we have a cause and that God is going to use who we are to change the world. Can I get a good amen? Uh, so we're gonna talk just a little bit and I'm so excited to hear your stories. And Wayne, I wanted to start with you because you have been an incredible mentor to so many people. You've been uh, an example of leadership, an example of character. And I know one of the things that is on your heart constantly to teach young men, to teach people in the body of Christ, and that is the concept of stewardship and what stewardship really means and how if we can grasp that teaching and revelation, it'll truly affect how we put God first in our life. And I just wanted to let you share about that for a little bit. Yes, I am a character. <laughs> you are a character. <laughs> um, for me, it started about 23 years ago. I went through a financial Two very important principles that I learned. One is that God's the owner of everything. And the second is he wants me to be a good steward of what I have, what he's been entrusted to me. 
And having that, that attitude and that thought process has changed everything that I've done because I look at the world and the things that I do and the work that I do and the money that we spend from a perspective of, is this pleasing to God? Is this a good use of money? Is this a good use of my time and my talents? Um, kind of being a little transparent, uh, you know, a week ago I had a personal faith crisis, right? So those of you who grew up in the 70s and 80s with that kind of music, Jimmy Buffett dies about a week ago. I was crushed, and he was my favorite. And so that next day we were at small group and the guys are sitting around the table and I just mentioned I'm bummed because Jimmy Buffett had died. And Kevin Porter says, what was he famous for? And he says, well, did he have a song like Margaritaville? I says, yeah. And he says, well, what's your Margaritaville? I thought, wow, what a great question. Not that I try to find the world's adoration, but I want to find God's adoration, right? And Jimmy Buffett had a talent for singing and coming up with great lyrics. He had gifts and talents, and he used them well. And so what Kevin was getting to is, what are your gifts? What are your talents? And are you using them well? And what will, what will it be that you do with your life, and how will you honor God with the time, talent, treasures that you have? So you hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Welcome into the joy of your master. And so I think it's a great question, Kevin. I appreciate you asking it because it really made myself and the rest of the guys at the table think about, you know, what is the best use of us from God's perspective, not necessarily the world's perspective, because that's all money-driven, but God's perspective is all heart-driven. What is your heart towards God and the things that are important to him? I love that. I love that. Because there are amazing gifts, there's amazing talents that all of us have, but how do we cultivate them? How do we use them? How do we allow God to grow those inside of us? And putting Christ first puts a magnifying glass on those things that, hey, we got to sharpen here. We've got to allow God to use these in here. Uh, April, we were chatting, and uh, I just love any time we get to just kind of talk about vision. And with you in this situation, making first things first, because you do it within your finances, uh, within your family, uh, within your marriage. And I just think it's such a great thing. But just talk to just everyone that's here, what does it mean for you to put Christ first in your life in everything that you're, you encounter? Well, I think that uh, putting God first is making him a priority in everything we do. So keeping him in mind and decisions that we're making or responsibilities we have to f fulfill. So if it's at work or at home or you know at church serving, um, family is a big one for me. I, we decided years ago that uh, we just wanted a really close, tight-knit family. And one of the ways to keep that as our kids were heading into adolescence, you know, they start to want to do all their own things all of a sudden. And was, we implemented a family night. And it's, it's every Sunday night. It is non-negotiable. It is on the calendar. We have a digital calendar that all four of us share. It stays on there. It's nothing gets planned. I mean, even today, I was asked to come and um, for my son's school, like there's a homecoming meeting, we need help. I'm like, sorry, it's our family night. Like everything gets a no. It's an automatic no. And it's easy to do that because I know my priority is my family on Sunday nights. And so uh, what we do is we just have dinner together. Sometimes we'll order in, sometimes we'll eat out. Sometimes I'll make something. It's never the same every week. We will watch a show together, a movie, play a game. Sometimes we'll pray. We always go over our family calendar for the week so everyone's on the same page. And I feel like that offers um, just like a safe platform for us to, 
reconvene and maybe get things off our chest that tension has been building over the week with each other <laughs> or just within ourselves that we just need to let the rest of the family know. And it teaches your kids or our kids um, the value of family. I mean, God created the family unit and it's very important to me to stay cohesive with it. Yeah, and I think it's such a wonderful thing. Uh, Sarah's the same way. Our schedules um, as pastors, they just go up and down. Like the, the weeks just are different every single week. Um, but Sarah is so good about going, okay, Monday night, that's family night. That's when we're going to get together. We're going to eat dinner. We're going to do devotions. We're going to pray together. And honestly, it's probably some of the best nights of our week. And, and I don't know if anybody else feels this way. Is anyone in here a busy at all? Like anyone have a busy week? Does, does anyone feel like a full-time Uber driver? Um, I was so excited JT turned 16 so he can drive now. I just added an Uber driver to my house uh, to get Brooklyn from cheerleading to whatever uh, extracurricular activity that she has. And uh, it was like the Holy Spirit showed up in a new way in my house because I have an extra Uber. And just life gets busy. And if we don't prioritize and put first things first, even within our children, within our marriages, um, it's amazing how that rift can begin to separate things. And God wants us to be close and wants us to be united uh, within love. And so I, I'd love that you guys do that. Can I say one more thing? Yeah, absolutely. If, if that inspires you to have a family night I, and you don't know where to connect with your family spiritually, I would just challenge you to just have dinner together and then sit together and everyone close their eyes for four minutes and see what you hear from the Lord. And then after four minutes, you each share what you believe you saw or heard. And it just opens the doors for a spiritual conversation between you guys. I learned that from a friend named Mira. She wrote a book on it called Four Minutes. Four Minutes to Hear God. Yeah, it's great. It's a great opening gateway. Yeah, it's amazing how long four minutes can seem in our quick society too. <laughs> I'm like four minutes in silence, what's that? But no, it's powerful powerful. Uh, well, LaToya, every time we talk, you make me laugh. Um, how many love LaToya and all that she does here at the church? She does such an awesome job. Oh, we had a happy birthday. I didn't know that. All right. Happy birthday. Everybody say happy birthday, LaToya. There we go. Happy birthday. <laughs> it's a party. <laughs> Can we get some ribbons outside uh, party committee? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but we were chatting, you always make me laugh, but you had some really incredible um, just revelation that was really birthed out of first, just the closeness and relationship that you have with Jesus. Secondly, how God began to move in your, in your Wayne's heart, we have Wayne here, but your Wayne's heart, uh, just of your relationship and love for the house of God that really challenged you to a place that you were like, you know what, this is the time our family, we're going to begin to tithe and we're going to begin to set 10% aside for the works of God. And I wanted you to just kind of share a little bit about what prompted that and then what came after that. Absolutely. And seriously, thank you for setting aside that this is Wayne and I'm talking about my Wayne. <laughs> Very important here. The good looking one. <laughs> so, you know, Wayne and I have been, you know, in the church and really gotten involved. The kids were involved. And, you know, we just started building a lot of relationships. And we had started serving. And 
church started changing for us. It became more of a, we want to be there and this is a part of our lives. So it was like, it wasn't just, okay, it's Sunday, let's go to church. It's like, oh no, let's go. And we're gonna see this person and let's see that person. And that's what it became. So we started looking at different areas of our life and thinking about, okay, what do we need to do? And something that was on our hearts was tithing. Um, I think before you start tithing, it's real easy to think to yourself, well, I give to the church. Like I give offerings every week, every time the church needs something I give. So there's nothing wrong with what I'm doing. But God has started to really work on us and work in our hearts. And it was something that we both felt like we needed to commit. It was time for us to commit to tithing and really putting that next step and move forward and putting God first and just making sure we gave our 10th, you know, of everything we got, we gave it to God first because it's his. And, you know, we talked about it. It was a weekday night. We talked about it and we prayed about it and we're like, this is what we're doing. And we moved forward, you know, and it was just something that was important to us. Like I said, Caitlin was a little girl. She was in, you know, kids ministry doing things and stuff. And we're like, this is our home. This is our home. We need to do this. So that was that dinner, weekday night. The next morning, Wayne goes to work and his boss comes to him and he's like, hey, I'm gonna give you a raise and you're gonna get a bonus. And you're the only person in the company getting that this year. And it was one of those things that it was like instant because when we made that decision to give and start giving the 10th, it was like because we felt like we needed to start doing that. We need to start giving to our house. And so we, didn't, we weren't expecting anything to change. It was like, we're now doing what we're supposed to be doing. So for, then, for us to be blessed in that way, it was huge. But there's so many times that, you know, you have these blessings, but then life throws you trials, right? And it's hard to realize that, okay, I still need to be consistent. And we were, we continued to be faithful and things started happening over several months. We had doors closed, doors open, doors closed that needed to be closed. Um, You know, and then even Wayne, not even six months after that, ended up in the hospital, emergency surgery. He was in the hospital for 12 days. Um, He had to have multiple surgeries over a three month time period. And he was out of work during all that time. And even an extra six weeks after that, from that three months, and his employer never put him on leave. He still got paid his full compensation, 100%. Um, and it was just a blessing, you know? So we took that as, you know, God's being faithful because we're being faithful. We decided to make that commitment. And even though we've gone through things, he's strengthened us to be able to handle this. And we didn't have to fear or worry about what's gonna happen, what happens next, now that you're going through this, it's just like, let's just keep doing what we're supposed to do. And God's gonna take care of it, and he did. That's so cool, that's so cool. Can we give God a praise for that? That was so awesome. Love that. Wayne and April, let you guys kind of speak to this. Um, I know there's someone out here that's listening and they want to tithe, it's in their heart, it's, but it's something that has to do with stewardship, their budget, they're trying to figure, because most of us are spread pretty thin and then we start talking about 10%. Uh, what would you speak to that person or encourage that person to do to take, you know, kind of those next steps forward, those next steps of faith? And what, what did you do when, you know, God really began to deal with you on tithing? 
Well, like Wayne and Julie, we went through Crown Financial Study years ago, and it, it, we were tithers before that, but we really fell in love with tithing when we went through that study. It's a biblical study on finances, and it will just completely change you <laughs> from the inside out. And we had seen our previous church be really generous with some single moms and, and some things that they were helping them with, and my husband and I would think, we really wanna do that one day. We, I don't know how we could possibly do that with our finances, but that is in our heart to be generous like that. And we shared that with our pastor, Gordon Banks, who is always full of amazing wisdom. And he said, you know, your prayer right now needs to be, Lord, increase my tithe. And that was so powerful for us. And so we started praying that and it started happening and, and, and I questioned him on it and I was like, what, what does that mean? Like increase my tithe, like why can't I just pray for a different job for my husband or for myself? I was a stay at home mom. And he said, because you want the consistent, the consistency of your income to, like your tithe is gonna go along with that. So it, you're not praying for checks in the mail and bursts of blessings. You're, you're just praying to increase your tithe, just overall, the umbrella, just hit the umbrella. <laughs> And so we did that and, and things just started opening up for us, different doors of opportunity started opening up. And the peace that comes from giving and tithing is like nothing I've ever experienced. Like there's so much joy in it and there's peace in it. And of course it takes planning because you don't, you don't tithe off of what's left over. You tithe off the top 10% and you live off what's over, left over. And, if you feel like you can't do that, you have to trust God in that he's gonna provide for that leftover area. And he does, he always does. Yeah, I love that. Wayne, what do you think about that? I think in general, it starts with the attitude of putting God first in your life, above all things, in all cases. And I remember after Julie and I got married, you know, I moved into her house in Frisco, she and her two kids, and we decided we needed a bigger house. And so we were gonna move into Allen, and we made the decision up front that we would not buy a house whose price prevented us from giving the way that we had been giving. Wow. That was our priority. So we got into the house, and it wasn't too long after that that Julie lost her job, and I took the steps to try to go independent with my business, and then we made the decision that Julie needed to stay home with the kids because the kids needed her time. And so we made all these decisions that were not good financial decisions, obviously, but they were good God-based decisions. And through it all, God was faithful and things worked out well and we never went without, we never stopped giving the way that we had been giving. So it does start with God first. And to do that, you have to trust God. You have to believe that he is a provider. He has to believe that he's gonna provide for you. And if we can't tithe, if we can't be generous, then what we're telling God is I don't trust you. And that's basically all it is. Um, you know, we talk about budgets and things like that. Truth be known, I don't have a budget. Sorry, I have no budget. I have debt. All the things that Dave Ramsey says don't do, I do. <laughs> However, the world lives by the motto of live, save, give. They're gonna live on everything first. Maybe they save a little money. And when it comes time to giving, they're checking their pockets for nickels and dimes at church, right? We go by give, save, live. We give first. Wherever we're being called to give, we give. We set aside money every time I get paid as a giving pot. And wherever we felt led to give, we give. We then save, whatever's left we live off of. And it's not, a, it's not the world's way of doing things, but it works. 
And for those people who are struggling with tithing or don't know how we can do it, yes, you may have to make some decisions to give up some of the things that you have and that you want for what's better. And God is always better. His ways are always better. He, he provides more peace to us, as April said. There's joy in being generous. And yeah, I have stuff, but it's like, it's just stuff. It comes and goes and it's good and it's bad. And, but the, gener- the joy of giving always stays. It's always there. And I know that when I get to heaven, there'll be a bunch of folks saying, well done. And that's what, I, that's what we go for. Well, and I think it's so powerful, you know, what begins to shift in your spirit is you become more in love with the Lord, you become more in love with his bride, with his church. Um, Maybe at first giving, and I know all of us have probably been there at some point, but it's been a place of sacrifice. It it starts as a place of faith, it starts as a place of sacrifice. You know, God, I'm going to put you to the test. It's one of the only places in scripture that the Lord allows us to put him to the test. But then as we grow and we mature, it becomes joyful. You know, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. And I believe he loves a cheerful giver because we have his heart. And when we have his heart, we understand what his house is all about. And, you know, I look around what happens at this church. Uh, when I talk with Pastor Ron, what's happened overseas, thousands and thousands of people being ministered to and being able to have fresh water and churches being built, fences around their school systems. And then I just have to walk right back here to our kids' classrooms and they're lifting their hands and they're praising God and loving God. I watch what's happening Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, from couples to men, women, our students are on fire for the Lord. And for me, it's like, ah, I'd love to give. It's a joy to give and see what God does with it. And I think too, giving in then, Latoy, you and I were talking about talents and about God kind of stretching us at different times. Uh, But I know you're the type of person that wherever you see a need in the house for serving or wherever the hole is, if you will, that really needs a person there to really just raise up, you know, uh, the gap at that moment. Um, but one of them was children's ministry. And I know you well enough. I know Latoya well enough. She doesn't like a couple things. She doesn't like dirt and she doesn't like germs and she likes things to be in order. Anybody else feel like Latoya? Okay. Yeah. I see hands going up, uh, but what, what the Lord kind of dealt with you in a unique way to uh, jump into some uncharted territory. So I'm going to tell myself a little bit. And if you've gone through the Align class, you've heard a little bit of this story. But when Oaks got started, you know, um, there were a lot of things that were needed. And, you know, when you come from, when you've been in church for a long time, you know, and especially if you know the people at the church, you know, Wayne and I come in here and knowing everybody being a part of this thing for 10 plus years, Um, It's like, well, they know where we serve and what we do and we're comfortable there, right? Well, when we got here, there was a need for kids ministry and I have never served in kids ministry and there's a reason for that, okay? Um, Do great with adults, kids, I birthed one. Um, It's for a reason. But it's one of those things where I was like, okay, talking to the pastors and everything, they're like this need in kids ministry, this need. And I was like, I'm praying. I am praying that God sends people who will have a heart to serve with kids and be there. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I spoke to Wayne about it and I was like, I think I'm supposed to serve in kids ministry? He's like, I don't know. What do you think? I was like, nah. (laughs) But 
as it kept going, I convinced myself and I was like, okay, I can do this, let, let me do this. I even prayed about it and I was like, okay, I see this is what I'm supposed to do. But this is where you never wanna get to the point where you think that um, <laughs> you're there, right? God is always using you and God is always working on you, which I realized in this period because I had prayed about it and in my mind, I came up with a great solution. I was gonna help out for like three to six months, all right, and give them what they needed and then they were gonna have more people but I was gonna stop then. And that's what I told them, that's what I told our pastors. I was like, you got three to six months for me to serve in kids ministry. Um, so even then, I was still bargaining. I wasn't being a joyful giver. I wasn't going through and saying like, I'm gonna go do this. I struggled with that decision. So I did it. My first time to serve, I went in, still with the mindset that I am helping the church. That's what I was doing. I am doing this just to help the church, just for a little time period. Um, and then I'm gonna stop. This isn't needed for me. This isn't my spot. And so I'm doing this like an obligation and I'm going through it. How many know that God can work on your heart when you think you're doing something as an obligation? He's gonna change some things up. As soon as I walked into that room and I had the elementary school kids, I still wasn't changing diapers, um, had the elementary school kids and I saw their faces, the joy in their hearts and how they craved to know about God. They were hungry to know about Jesus, the stories, they had questions, they were so excited and they end up ministering to me. And I left that Sunday and I was in tears and I felt so foolish and I was like, God, I went into this with the wrong mindset. But thank you for still using me. And I had the chance to be with them and just answer their questions. And many of you know, I work in HR or corporate America and I get kind of cynical sometimes, right? So it really became something like a refresher and just to see that there is so much good in this world. There is a difference we're making through these little kids. You know, if we're able to pour into them the love of Christ, how that will come back. And that's what my job was at that moment. That's what I needed to do. So I had to give it over to God, but he had to work on me to get me to that place. I, I love what you said too, that you're doing God a favor, that I'm helping out. And I think so many times that's when we begin to put a God first within our life for real. Uh, it begins to change the way that we even come to church and that we begin to view the church. And I never said this, but it kind of hit my spirit while you were talking. Um, there's too many people that treat church like a hotel when God's called you to treat it like your house. I'm going to say it one more time because I can. That we treat church like a hotel. Who's going to change the sheets for me? Who's going to clean the bathrooms for me? Who's going to get the mints that I like to eat? What kind of chocolate are they serving with the coffee that I want? Are you in here? And we treat it like a hotel and God's saying, no, 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 no. We are the family of God. We are the body of Christ. And we have to sacrifice and serve where God wants us to serve. And that's why he's given us our treasure, our talents, our time. And I know for Sarah and I, when we started our church in Chicago, we just had to like roll our sleeves up and realize that anything that the house needed, we had to step up as the lead pastors to do. So our first um, team that we built was not part of the traditional church planting organization flowchart. Our first team that we built was the water bucket changing team. 
You're like, Adam, what in the world's a water bucket changing team? It's when you have so many leaks in your ghetto building with water coming out every which way in the rainy season of Illinois, you got to change the buckets or it's going to ruin what you've already got. Are you in here? We literally had 15 buckets, seven people who lived locally that would rotate. Well, then what do we need? We needed a cleaning team. Well, my only volunteer was Sarah. So I'm like, Sarah, get on the cleaning team. You know, there's just something about, but it wasn't uh, this thing of woe is me. It was an honor that this is my house. This is our church. These are our family. These are our brothers. These are our sisters. And I just believe that God's raising up a remnant even here at Oaks, that this is not the, the hotel church. This is the church. This is my house. How can I serve? How can I be a part of it? And that's putting first things first. I believe that throughout scripture, Jesus always modeled sacrifice, always modeled sacrifice. And in that gives us pure joy in what we do. It really does. Um, Wayne, talk to me a little bit about your family. We were joking around because I thought it was funny. Um, when kids come home from college and the whole atmosphere of the home begins to change because they're back at mom and dad's house. And, uh, you know, just elaborate how you'd like to on that. Oh, yes. Um, no, we got good kids. Um, but your point about hotels is very real in that our, our son loves coffee and so typically he'll make a couple of cups a day and then you find him all over the house, right? So he's like expecting someone to take care of him and, and clean his dishes. Um, and then we have a daughter who's, you know, lives upstairs, but she's just you know, wonderful to be around. She puts things away and all those kinds of things. But I just think from a family standpoint, one of the points I made earlier was um, there's a joy in, or there's a blessing in realizing that both husband and wife are equal in God's eyes and the the goals God has for each of us are the same of the same importance it doesn't matter who the breadwinner is anything like that everyone is equal and I find great joy in investing my time talent and treasures and the things that my wife finds are her um, her gifts and her talents uh, she's writing a children's book and so we're putting time and money and effort into that she volunteers at Hope Women's Center on Monday nights teaching uh, parenting classes. And so I go and I help out because I want to support her and, and invest my time and talents into what she's doing. And I think it's been a very much of a blessing to have the kind of attitude towards her that she's equally as important what she wants to do and what God's, God's called her to do is equally as important as anything that God would want to call me to do. And so it helps our relationship and it helps our family environment to have that kind of love and care for each other and wanting to invest in each other and to do the things that God's called us to do. Love that. Love that. Well, I want to finish here, and we're going to pray, um, but I want to open up to all three of you. Our theme verse uh, is, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he will add everything else unto you. And I don't know what's in your heart or what you want to share as we kind of close out. Um, but what types of things have you, as you've sought Christ first in your life and in your heart, uh, what are the things that you've seen him add into your life spiritually? Um, even you were sharing how God took care of Wayne in the middle of a really difficult season. Uh, I believe that God continues to add uh, as we come into covenant with him, we seek him first.
going back to putting God first in all things, not just tithing, but there is an expansion in your own life and in the kingdom of God as well. And it's very enriching. And like I was saying earlier, it just brings so much peace and um, joy. So I just challenge you to put God first in everything that you do, your, with your relationships, with your finances, um, decisions that you make. You know, it's an ongoing conversation of, okay, God, what's next? Or what do I do here? Or, I mean, I, I lost my driver's license recently and I was like, what am I gonna do? I need this. And um, just praying for God to just return it to me. And, and yesterday I found it in a pocket of a jacket. And I was like, yes, Lord, <laughs> as soon as I find it. And so anytime like I get excited about something or I just see God move, that is my automatic answer. Yes, Lord. And I say it out loud. <laughs> I love that. Now, going off what April said, you know, we're talking about putting God first in every area of our lives. And I think it's important that we kind of break that down, what that looks like, because there's so often that we have areas of our lives where it's really easy to put God first, right? You know, we're like, okay, God, you're over in these areas. I have you, you're first there. But these areas right here, I'm still working on those. So when I get those to a certain point, then I'm going to have you in, involved in those areas. And that's just, that's the wrong way to look at it. God needs to be a part of every single area. So it's not the, you know, I have these friendships, but you know, I don't pray for them. God's not included there. No, God's included in those friendships, right? In those marriages, um, in parenting, Lord, please be involved in the parenting. Um, <laughs> you know, just all these different areas. And I know we have a lot of business owners in the room. You know, I started my business, you know, um, several years ago. And that was the thing, putting God first in every aspect. So making sure when I started the business, I put God first there. So even with the business, I tithe on the business, whatever the business makes, it gets the tithe for that. So it's in every area, putting God first and he will take care of the rest. And it's just making sure we understand that. I wanna piggyback on what April said. Um, years ago, I watched a documentary and we know we tend to be the people like, I'll see it when I believe it, right? If I see it first, I'll believe it's gonna happen. And this was a documentary by a National Geographic photographer, and he had the exact opposite belief system. Whenever he would go out on a photo shoot to find those photographs that we all love, he would always believe first that there was a National Geographic quality picture out there somewhere. And it was his job to find it. And so to what April was saying, I go through life thinking and seeing things that happen, that's like, that's God. I had a car, I bought a car back in the late 90s. It was a white Maxima five-speed. I love this car. I drove it 190,000 miles and never once had to replace the clutch. I don't know. I've heard that they don't last that long. But I can see how God does that, and I can see how he can bless us. And if we don't recognize it, we miss it. And our faith can be strengthened when we do recognize those things, when things like a driver's license or whatever happens, or you get a new client out of nowhere. Uh, my wife was here to, at a praise and prayer one night and just struck up a conversation with the lady next to her and it turns out to be someone who was looking for an interior designer and she got a job. And that job has led us to be able to sail with this guy and be blessed by this guy. It's just been a great experience. So those things happen when we put God first, that stuff happens, but it's important that we recognize why that's happening. 
and that God is blessing us for being faithful because God loves a cheerful giver. And without faith, we can't, you know, it's impossible to please God. So I just think we do the right things and beware that God can bless us in many different ways and we begin to see the things that he's doing in our life. So good, so good. Scripture says, if you'll draw near to God, God will draw near to you. And I don't know where you're at in your life. I need God to be as close to me as possible. I need to draw near to him in every every category of my life um, because I need his presence. I need his will to be fulfilled in my heart and my life. I know you guys feel the same way. And so uh, I want to pray for you this morning, and then we're going to close out as we always do with uh, just our final blessing over your life and for your house this week. But uh, I want you just to take a minute, just take 30 seconds, just close your eyes and just bow your head if you would. Just take a moment just to take inventory. Just take inventory. Where do you need to put God first that you have? Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your children. Maybe it's your church, your house, your time, the way that you give, the way you use your time. Lord, where can I move some things out so that I can allow you to truly fulfill everything that you've desired in my heart and my life. Lord, let us decrease that you would increase inside of us. What can you let go so that you can receive more? Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we are far from perfect. Lord, we've missed it more times than we want to count, but yet, Lord, we want you to be first in our life. We want you to be the priority. We want to live and move and have our being within you. And God, I just pray right now for every family, for every relationship. Lord, I pray for every single person. I pray for every teenager, every child that, Lord, you would begin to draw near to them as they draw near to you. God, let your Holy Spirit captivate them. Let the fruits of the Spirit begin to grow. Let the gifts of the Spirit begin to grow. And God, let us trust you with all natural things. Lord, our time, our talent, our treasure. But Lord, let us entrust you with those. And as we release those to you, God, that you are putting your hand on our house, on our family, on our business. God, I declare that you bless their house that you bless their finances, that you bless their business. We declare that the gates of hell shall not prevail against them, that God, you will release and open every door that needs to be opened. And God, you will close every door that needs to be closed. And Father, we come to you humbly, but yet with expectation that God, our best is not behind us, but our best is still yet to come. And Lord, we give you glory, honor, and praise for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Come on, can we give Jesus a good praise this morning? Come on, give him a good shout of praise if you love him. I'll let you guys slip off. Can we give our panelists a big hand? Thank you guys for taking time out of your week to put this together. Amen. How many are ready to put God first in your life?